Hi, welcome to church today. The message you're about to listen to came from a recent gathering at our church. Be encouraged as you enjoy this message. Father, we give you thanks for today in the holy name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you that your word is eternal, that your truth is eternal. We thank you for the great promises. We thank you that you've already blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places right now on this earth. And we give you thanks, Father, for the great joy of what it means to be different, that you've taken us out of this world. And I thank you, Father, that we serve a higher authority, that we've been translated into a much higher kingdom. And while we reside down here, we thank you that we don't do it with the weapons of the world. We thank you that the weapons of our warfare simply aren't carnal. We don't deal with things of the world like the world does. We deal with the things of the world as heaven instructs us because we're not of this world. So I give you thanks and I ask you to help me right now. Holy Ghost, come and speak to our people. Open their hearts to hear and to receive the truth that you want us to understand about all this matter that's going on right now. In Jesus' name, amen? amen. Like I said, I'm going to really try to move quickly. I've actually put almost all of this on a PowerPoint. Uh, but what I want to say right now is that, um, above all, really hear me. Nothing, please, nothing captures God by surprise. You do know that, right? Are you, are you listening? Nothing surprises God. So none of this is a surprise. I shared with you a bit last week, Luke 21, Jesus said plagues were going to happen. And uh, Deji and uh, some of us in prayer this, before the service, he said something that I agree with totally. He said, really, all of, the, all of this, my friends, is just a preview of things to come. Now, you really have to catch this. This is our proving ground. So some of you really, really, honest to God, you need to have your ears open like never before in your existence. This is where we find out what we really believe when pressure comes. What's really in you is what surfaces. That's just the truth. That's just the way it is. So I've got some scriptures I want to share about this and just some exhortation, what have you. But again, we all know, like even, you know, yesterday or when on Friday, we came home from the, we were up at the barn. We came home from the barn and just for the heck of it, heck of it, I went into a Waitrose just I was going to get a couple of things. Then it was my actual, no, I'm sorry, I went into the Tesco, the big Tesco on Old Kent Road. And it was my actual first experience of going in and seeing all, all the shelves, I mean, empty, you know, nothing. Not one bit of milk, I mean milk, no salads, no vegetables, no cheese, no, to say the least, no meat, no fish, I mean, nothing, I mean Nothing, you know, much less, not one slice of bread or bread product. It was weird. I mean, strange. And of course, the loo paper, the toilet paper is just gone. It's crazy. I mean, people, you know, fear is a form of insanity. And the fear is literally palpable. You know what I mean by that word? It is true. This is why I wanted to shift up a bit. The atmosphere is like pregnant. It's just got this thickness to it. And when you're walking down the aisles, see, the thing is, Jesus said, well, Jesus said it in, in Isaiah, it was prophesied. Remember, he said that fear will surely come, but not by me. The thing is, this stuff approaches you. I don't care how holy and spiritual you are. 
the stuff does approach you. So when you're walking down naked aisles, you know, the thought does go, wow. Well, hmm. <laughs> you know. Now me, I grew up hunting and fishing. Now I hope this isn't too coarse for all of you, but the toilet paper thing, I learned hunting and fishing about, I learned how to use the leaves of trees. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> leaves and old receipts or what you work with when you're out in the woods, if you know what I mean. But nevertheless, it is a, it's crazy what's going on, but it's just palpable. And actually, it, it caused a great grief in me. I mean, it sincerely, I just couldn't believe. I thought, God, what, you know, if this starts to come on like people like us who know the Lord a little bit, you know, it's, I can't even imagine how much fear is actually resident in those who don't know Christ. I mean, it's, this is, this is the first time in our generation, you know what I mean? In our generation, to say the least, that the world has gone through this. And boy, is it proving what is in the hearts of people. But you really, really, please hear me as a pastor, as your friend. This is but a preview. And this is why I, I keep saying, I mean, if I titled this message, I, I mentioned it last week and maybe even the week before, but this statement just has, it's hitting my spirit like a sledgehammer, this thing I keep hearing God say, if not now, when? In other words, if we don't choose to stand now, well, when, do you, when are you going to choose to stand? Because if you don't choose to stand, you're going to fall. A friend of mine years ago said a simple statement. He said, if you don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. But you really need to hear me. But see, this is why God's been instructing us. This is why, again, not patting ourselves on the back, but you need to be in a church where you've been biblically educated. Most of the churches out there that only teach themes and topical stuff and don't actually teach the scriptures, they're just like the world as far as their fear. They're making plans according to worldly things. They, they're not functioning according to what God's word instructs. And that's so sad, to say the least. But anyhow, so let's just be aware. And I'm going to go real quick, like I said, hopefully. But even as, like I said, driving here this morning, we drove by Morrison's. And I couldn't believe it. There was a line outside Morrison's, like a block and a half long, waiting for the doors to open so they could be the first ones in there to try to get something. I don't know. Maybe I'm going to have to do that tomorrow morning for loo paper. I don't know. <laughs> um, when I went by Waitrose yesterday, just thinking I was going to get just something, and I went into the Waitrose near it, and there was nothing in there. And I asked the lady that worked there, and she said, they get actually, they get two deliveries a day trying to keep up. But she said, the moment it's there, she said, these people just go whoop like that. And that that is such greed. I mean, my God, we're just supposed to be, you know, each other's helpers. But anyhow, so if we have church here next week, just remember you can tie the roll of loo paper. Okay, just if you, sorry, that was meant to be humor. I'm sorry. <laughs> anyhow, so on this outline, I put down this, and I really want you to catch it. It's just real simple. I'm going to try to move kind of quickly now. But let me say this also. Um, they're always talking, they're talking about a vaccine. They're looking as hard as they can trying to discover a vaccine. But remember again, I'm not trying to be super spiritual, but truth is the greatest vaccine. The great facts, the vaccine is truth. And that's what we want you to be inoculated with. 
you understand? Because you're the difference maker. Anyhow, this, see, as the church can be our greatest hour. That's what I was saying, like singing songs like happy and stuff like this. Listen, you know, it's, well, again, I don't have to tell you. Everybody knows when you go out there how crazy it is. Anyhow, but anyhow, let me, the first verse off, got down here. We are not of this world. I'm just going to read it and again, keep moving. Help me, Lord Jesus. please. We are not of this world. So we should not bow down to what the world's doing. John 17, 14, Jesus said, I have given and delivered to them your word, your message. He's praying to the Father. And the world has hated them because they are not of the world. They don't belong to this world just as I am not of this world. Now, I want you to understand that. You're an alien, I put down here. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're an alien and you look like one. Oh, well. They're aliens. We really are. But see, that's as comical as that may sound. See, listen, as comical as that may sound, I'm no longer from here. If you're in Christ, neither you. Colossians verses 1, 2, and 3 talks about it. He says, as far as the world is concerned, you have died. You have died. At least I have. But I'm in it the world. But I'm not of it. And I kept saying last week again, we're called to be the different ones. We're different. We're supposed to stick out. We're supposed to stand out. And not only are we different, but he wants us to be the difference makers, right? So we're aliens. And I put down here, we're aliens and we do not have to allow ourselves to capitulate to the world's ways. The word capitulate, I just looked it up. It means to, cons- to surrender unconditionally, to give up resistance. And see, this is, we must not buy into this fear. There's a billion places we can go. Second Corinthians 6.17 says this, where Paul's speaking about unbelievers. But he says, so come out from among unbelievers. Separate, sever yourselves from this, says the Lord, and touch not any unclean thing. And then I will receive you kindly and treat you with favor. And I just wanted to read that verse simply by saying again, again, that he's trying to show the separation principle. Come out from among them. I'm not saying leave them alone. I'm saying don't be like they're being. And again, I know this should be obvious, but I know how much some of our people are being attacked with fear. I really do. I mean, it's, it's like I said, it's a real thing. And again, I think I said it already, but remember like the book of Isaiah says, fear will surely gather together, but not my, by me. So one of the major things I want to communicate is I do not want anybody to feel any condemnation whatsoever. Let's say somebody here does, quote unquote, get ill or feels ill. I do not want you to freak out about it, to say the least. Like I said, because illness may come, but the issues we're saying, but we're not going to let it stay. So don't panic. And this is why, indeed, I want you to call one another. I, like there needs to be like a buddy system where a couple of you, one family and another family, you call up and check on each other. Simple things like that to say, hey, you know, I'm not feeling well. Would you pray for us? Whatever. And of course, as far as Julie and I, we're desperate, of course, if there's any sickness among any of our people that you contact us, because that's what we're here for is to pray. But again, no matter what comes against us, it's not going to make, it's not going to consume us or destroy us. I don't, if it came against me, I will hope that none of you would faint in your mind. You hear me? Because again, we're all in this together. Do seriously, do you hear me? 
it's just important that you have a, you know, you have your, the mind of Christ in this thing. And remember also the basics of Second Chronicles seven fourteen that we all know. If you know, if the, my people are called by my name, if they'll humble themselves and pray, I will hear them from heaven. You know, and I will heal their land. He wants to heal our land. But he does that through prayer. And one of the things we're all called right now to do is prayer, is pray big time. You remember number 16, again, this isn't on the outline, I'm sorry, don't worry about trying to bring it up. But number 16 is where, remember the plague came upon the people of Israel because of their complaining and murmuring and what have you. But remember, it says that he had Aaron take that censer with incense, which just means prayer. And it's, I love the way it's put, he ran out into the middle of the plague and the plague was stayed. It stopped. In other words, somebody who knows God runs right out in the middle of the plague and we stop it through prayer. Hallelujah. Amen. That's how powerful our prayer life is right now. And that's how powerful your prayer life is. You don't run from a battle. You run to it. You hear me? This is why, again, I understand what the world is saying. I understand we're going to obey the government if they really tell you. This. Like in California, it blew my mind, my friends over there. California is the, the entire state. It's the first state in America. The entire state has been locked down. Forty million people have been told to stay in their homes and only go out. Of course, we're not like France, at least in France right now. You have to sign, fill out a form to even go outside of your house and go shop. That's a trip. Anyhow. So we, we definitely, like I said, but the plague was stayed just through prayer by bringing prayer in the midst of it. And that's why we're praying. I mean, I've watched a couple of churches in America online and they're literally calling the major leaders of the world's churches have come together and they're incrementing. They're putting in 15 minute increments of prayer. The entire all of the church leaders of the world, most of them, I mean, the major ones that you would recognize are all buying into this. It's amazing that we're what God's doing. I don't care what the denominational differences are or what, all of the major religions of the world are gathering together to pray to break the power of this thing. But I keep wanting to say it. This is just the first of many. So this is where, again, see, we are not to be afraid because we're different. I, like I said last week, please read Exodus 8, 9, 10, 11, and 12. Really catch that. I am going, God says, I'm going to put a place of separation. I'm going to provide a place of deliverance. I'm going to bring you into Goshen. What comes upon Egypt will not come on you. That's the testimony that we're to bear right now. You really must, but see, all of that stuff, though it's truth, remember, without faith it's impossible. You still have to release faith for it. It doesn't, doesn't just fall off you like ripe cherries off a tree. You still have to move out. You have to be able to do some warfare. And right now, I'm telling you, there needs to be some Holy Ghost militancy about us. Seriously, you hear me? You know, the Lord said something to me yesterday. He said, if my people would give a quality, just a quality five minutes of decree and declaration every morning. Just, you just gave yourself five minutes just five minutes in the morning of declaration and decreeing what God's word says, what the promises of God are about this, your entire life would be changed so dramatically. I mean, much less I, you know, sad that it's taking this for some people to wake up to the truth. But I'm, I'm just, let me, let me exhort you to do that too. Think about it. Just five minutes. 
Just take five minutes in the morning. This is how you fight. I know the song about praise and worship. This is how we fight our battles. But I want to talk about what God's word is right now. I mean, this is how you fight. You fight by knowing the truth. Ephesians 6, talking about the armor of God. Remember, it says you girt, you're having your loins girt about with truth. What that speaks to is the belt that went around the warrior. The belt where everything else connected. The shield of faith, the greaves on your thighs. The, everything was connected to this belt of truth. And that's what you have firmly, firmly pulled up tight around you, the truth. Because that's what everything else connects to. Did you hear me? Everything connects to the truth. Do you know the truth? It's the truth that makes us free. And so it's the truth we fight our battles with. Remember, viruses are fact. God's word is truth. You've heard me speak it many times. Facts can be destroyed and changed by the truth. Truth never changes. Facts can change. Right? Right? You listening to me? I'm trying to help you just a little bit. Deuteronomy 20. Remember, don't go there either, but I put it up here. The Deuteronomy 20, the laws of war teach us, you know, that fear is contagious. When they actually spoke that, Moses said to them, you know, all the people gathered together, this, that, and the other. They said, if any of you are fearful, it literally says in the verse, if any of you are fearful, they don't, they don't condemn them. They just said, go home. And be with your family, lest you cause the hearts of the rest of the people to faint also. Because fear is contagious. That's why right now you really need to guard who you are in fellowship with. Seriously. Because it'll get on you quick. I mean, fear is like, well, I almost said something I shouldn't say in church. <laughs> and But like I said, keep hearing me about this bit. Don't be condemned because fear comes. Just don't let it stay. There's nobody in here that some element, some degree of fear won't come to about this stuff. Because again, people are doing, they're thinking about, you start thinking about, like on, like I said, I do turn on the news a little bit. It drives me crazy, so I don't listen to it much because again, it's bad news, bad news, bad news, fear, 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 fear. But I mean, again, as I said last week, but we do want to take precautions. We want to be wise. God gives us wisdom. That's why we do wash your hands. He told that. They said one thing about the virus that I thought was interesting. They said that the virus lives the longest on surfaces and like, and even like on money. And so because we like, if you buy stuff, you're always in money. It is important to, to, to wash your hands and stuff like that because you cannot help but come in contact with stuff all the time, right? But anyhow, but you must not be so fearful. Remember, I think I said this last week as well, but I want to repeat it again. This is so different because remember, again, I said 10 years ago, 2009, 2010, swine flu in America, 61 million, just America, 61 million people got it. I cannot tell you how many thousands of people died, but it was all over the earth. So many more people were affected by that than this thing has even begun to get close to. But you know what? Today, most, most people don't even remember it. There was not one closure. Now, let me hear it. Listen, you really got to catch the significance of this. Why is this one so different from just 10 years ago? It's significant. You got to think this through. There was not one closure, not one school closure, not one church, not one restaurant. Nothing closed at all. Nothing stopped happening at all. Why? Why? When it was so far beyond what this is, 
And uh, my friend Paul Cole, he wrote this little note, and I think I mentioned last week, but I'm just going to use his words. He said, the only thing that you can identify that makes the difference is in this. He calls it the persuasive and the systematic work, on the pervasive, the systematic and the pervasive putting out there of fear by the media. There wasn't, it wasn't on the media. They mentioned the flu, but not 24-7. But I mean, see, to me, that's significant. I mean, 10 years ago, you got something that was like 10 times worse than what they say this is. But no closures. And the only major difference is the media. Jesus said in Mark 4, 24, be careful what you hear. Be careful what you hear. The measure of thought and study you give to the truth you hear determines the measure of virtue that comes back to you. I'm telling you, you better not be listening to that more than you're listening to this. Do you hear me? Please hear me. Do yourself a favor. You will faint in your mind if you let that stuff keep dictating to your mind. So fear is contagious. We're called to fight. Judges chapter 3 verses 1 and 2 is it says, now these are the nations which the Lord left to prove Israel by them. That is, all in Israel who had not previously experienced war in Canaan. It was only that the generations of the Israelites might know and be taught war, at least those who previously knew nothing of it. Now, the reason I'm putting that out there again is because I just really want you to hear me. God wants his people to understand war. We're not to rejoice in it, but he says I, he intentionally left situations there for his people to learn war because you got to know how to war. Remember when I used to teach on war? I tell you, there's only four possible postures in warfare when you study it. They are offense, defense, detente, and desertion. Detente meaning to like... To come to a treaty. Listen, in the scripture, there's no place in script. There is no place in scripture where God asks his people to make a truce with enemies. He says, destroy them. So there's four possible postures, offense, defense, detente, or desertion. The only posture hell's afraid of is offense. But you Tell me right now what posture most of the people of this world and most of the body of Christ is in. They're in a defensive posture. We better back up. We better gather ourselves and protect ourselves. Now, you know, I understand that there is a wisdom in that, but you must not sacrifice the anointing of the Holy Spirit that God's placed in you to be the difference maker. See, fear holds you back. Faith promotes you forward. Faith says, I'm going to go make a difference in this. Fear says, oh, my God, I can't go out there. Just like what Bobby's sharing about, you know, going out there in the trains or whatever, you know, whatever. You don't run from it. You have something in your spirit where you see, this is where we're finding out who actually knows God. Christ is in me. Christ is in me, the anointed one. That stuff that breaks yokes. His power. I said, like when I came up to the worship team at that moment, when you just, you know, you've got to see 
what happens? You've got to see the power of God's word. You've got to see the power in the name of Jesus. That name comes out of your mouth. I mean, you need to see like flood, like the sea of Red Sea rolling back. I mean, that name divides. That name is above every name. That name is above every name. No virus can stand in front of that name successfully. Keep that name in your heart. Keep that name in your mouth. Please. But see, you, this is why all along we're called to develop faith in these things. It's not knowing a teaching. It's believing in the goodness of the God behind the teaching. Hallelujah. So we're called to fight. In Exodus thirteen seventeen. 17, um, uh, this is the verse that's amazing. It says, well, okay, yeah. When Pharaoh let the people go, God led them not by way of the land of the Philistines, although that was near, for God said, lest the people change their purpose when they see war and want to go back to Egypt. Now, I put up this, the next, if you can put up this, it, I didn't know how big it would show up here. But uh, when I used to teach on this, this it's always amazed me. This is the map of how when they came out, as you can see. Here's where they cross the Red Sea right here, Beelzefon, Mouth of the Destroyer. And they go all the way down here, and all these little dots are different places where God's people had to learn a different thing. But he led them not by way of the Philistines. You know where the Philistines were? Right here. They could have gone, eh. But God said, I can't lead them that way. I can't take my people the shorter route. There's always a shorter route to the promise. I said, there's always a shorter route to the promise. But if you're afraid of enemies, because there's always going to be enemies, he knows that some people... You can't lead them that way, though it's so much shorter, because they haven't learned how to fight yet. And so he leads them all away for their good, because he knows if they're too young, they'll see all of the conflict. They don't know how to handle conflict, and so they faint in their mind and say, I'm going to go back to Egypt. But the point of the fact that I want you to understand is there's a shorter route. I said there's a shorter route. I just want you to catch that. It's your, it's your choice though. But it's the whole thing in this whole thing called Christianity is learning a little bit about fighting. I had to learn how to fight. I knew a little bit about fighting, but not like I did when I went to prison. In prison in those days, like I said, they basically used to, you come into a reception and they'd hand you a sword and a shield and say, get out in the yard and get ready. <laughs> That's what it was like. They called it gladiator school. And you had to be able to handle yourself because otherwise, you know, you'd experience, you could watch many people die, as you've heard me say. Anyhow, now, next verse, how do we fight? Well, primarily through faith in God, trust. Like I said, I'm just going to try to go quickly. I keep praying. Primarily through faith in God, trust. Second Corinthians 4.13, yet we have the same spirit of faith 
as he who wrote, I have believed, and therefore have I spoken. We, to believe, and therefore we speak. So one of the major ways we fight is, again, is the words of our mouth. We do not get into agreement with what the world says. Do you hear me? It's this, we've been taught this for years, but there's so many, most of the body of Christ still doesn't embrace it. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. But you need to know that Galatians 3.13 is true. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law being made a curse for us. So that the blessing of Abraham might be ours. And in Deuteronomy 28, when all the curses are read, remember verse 61 says, And also any sickness and disease not even written in this book will come upon those as part of the curse. But Galatians 3.13, Christ redeemed us from any sin. That's part of my armor. That's my sword. That's the sword which the spirit wields that Rod's going to keep in his mouth. No. And we all know the basics of Psalm 91. You know, no plague shall come nigh my dwelling. And again, Exodus 12, the blood. When I see the blood, I will not allow the destroyer to come into your house. Now, either that's the truth or it isn't. But see, you must release faith for it is what I'm trying to get at. So basically I'm saying it's time to stand up. And like I said earlier, there needs to be a bit of militancy about us. I put on here, it's time to stand up. If you don't choose to stand up, you can fall for anything. Deuteronomy 31.6 says, Be strong and of good courage, fear not, nor be afraid of them, for the Lord your God, it's, he's the one that doth go with you. Hallelujah. God is with me. Is he with you? Now, seriously, is he with you? You have to answer that. I mean, let it come out of, I, I challenge, let it come out of your mouth right now. God is with me. Right now. God is going to be with me when I walk out these doors. God's going to be with me when I walk into that store. God's going to be with me wherever I go because he will not leave me. He's given promise in Hebrews 13, 6 and 7. He said, I told you, I will not, I will not, I will not in any way leave you nor forsake you. And the next verse says, so that we may boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man will do. So that we might boldly say, the Lord is my helper. So I put down here, you know, and even all this, I, I, Juliana, when we come back from the barn, when you see how palpable it is right now because of the virus, let me tell you something. I don't have to be a prophet to tell you this is the truth. Seriously now, seriously, what are you going to do when the internet fails? God help the youth. Honestly, the only thing they know is their smartphone. Honest to God. But think about it. Listen, right now, if tonight the internet went out, do you have any books? I don't know if you've ever heard of books. See, books don't go out. Do you have some, do you, do you have some of your most important stuff in your life? Do you have hard copies? I, you see, you, I'm, the internet is going to fail at some point. It'll either fail, fall out, or it'll be stopped by an enemy. But do you hear me? Seriously, 
Right now, no more internet. How are you going to live? <laughs> How about this? No more television. Yay! <laughs> Julie will rejoice. God forbid you may be given over to books. I hope you still have a few books in your house. Anybody know how to read? Think of the freedom your eyes will have from being in front of those screens all the time. Now, I'm almost done. Hallelujah. This is, a, this is a, a, just a quote from a lady named Rebecca McLaughlin. Um, she wrote this article called Christians as Time to Go on the Offensive back in March 18, 2019. Just an article I'd read. And she said, rather than battening down the hatches, therefore we need to go on an evangelism offensive. The secular consensus is crumbling, and we must humbly make the most of every opportunity in the dorm room, at the bus stop, by the water cooler, but we need to raise our game. To be sure, if we're sharing the gospel faithfully, we'll often meet rejection. Only God can open blinded eyes, and we must pray like people's lives depend on it because they do. But we must ensure it's the stumbling block of Christ our friends trip on, not an obstacle course of myths we could dispel. So let's field our A-team and go on evangelism offensively with diligence, gentleness, and respect. Because Jesus is no relic from the ancient world. He is our modern world's best hope. Isn't that good? I mean, 2 Thessalonians, 2 Thessalonians 3, 3 is where it says the Lord is faithful and he will not allow. Now, and, I, this is, and basically this is my final statement. This is just a quote. I don't know if it's, I think it's from George Mueller. And he said this back in, I think, 1870-something. I forget exactly, so don't quote me. If men of the world see Christians are anxious like themselves, they will have ground for saying that our profession of having an almighty friend and helper in heaven is only a profession. And therefore we dishonor God by not trusting in him in the hour of need. Hallelujah. Well, I'm done. <laughs> I'm just saying, please be, you are the solution. Don't hang around with the problems Fellowship with the solution. Be unafraid. Put on the whole armor of God. You all remember the teaching. It's the armor of a heavy-armed soldier, a front-line soldier, the one that comes against the walls and knocks stuff down. What is it? What do you do? What's the armor of God? I mean, go through it. Excuse me. Go through it again. Think about it. What's what's the breastplate called? What protects your heart? The breastplate. What's the breastplate? What is it? Righteousness. What's the word righteousness mean? Right standing. What protects your heart? The revelation right now, I have right standing with God. I have been brought back into harmony with God through the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and my faith in his work. I'm right with God. Hallelujah. Like I said, the belt of truth. 
the gospel of peace. That's what I walk in, the gospel of peace, undisturbed composure. The shield is called what? We all know it, but again, what do you do with the shield? You raise it up. <laughs> shield won't do you much good if it's laying on the floor. It's a shield of faith. What's faith? Faith is what you actually believe. What can faith quench according to that scripture? What can faith quench? What? How many of them? Just a few? Is a virus possibly a fiery dart of the devil? Sure it is. The shield, you have to lift it up. Faith, what you believe, is what God's ordained as weaponry. I've got my faith up. No weapon formed against me is going to prosper. I'm the temple of God. God's presence is in me. Sickness comes nigh me, it's going to die. Not because I'm special, but because he's special. And because he's in me, the special one is in me. I put that shield up. His promises, it will quench any and all fiery darts of the wicked one. And above all, what do you do? You take the sword, which the spirit wields, which is the rhema of God. And you take that sword and you stab your enemies. I want you to watch lots of action films while you're at home that have a whole lot of killing and murder in them. You know, like, like, uh, you know, like medieval times. And so when you see that guy coming at you, I want you to see how some of them, they take that sword and they go... And then they go, <laughs> Kevin likes that stuff. <laughs> so that virus starts to come, and you take God's word that says, The love of God will keep me from all of my enemies. And you go, <laughs> and you make your most godly, angelic laugh like that one was. <laughs> and you stab him. Not my home. No plague shall come down my dwelling. But again, they have to be more than confessions because you can make fear-filled faith confessions. <laughs> and that kind of messes everything up. Father, we give you thanks today that we are the body, the body of Christ who is the head of the church. And I just so feel the strength of your anointing that is upon your truth this hour. It's as if, I mean, your truth, of course, has always been anointed. But it's as if it's screaming louder than it ever has screamed. Daniel 7.20, those who know their God shall be strong and do exploits in his name. And Father, I'm praying for our people to know you, to truly surrender. 
to be able to open their mouth and boldly say, the Lord is my helper. I will not fear. And Father, I pray for some that they would have the courage and the strength to be like Aaron when he ran out right in the middle of the plague with that censer full of incense, which is the prayers of the saints. Run right out in the middle of the plague that the plague might be stopped. So Father, we as a church right now, we add our faith to those who are praying around this world. We speak to you, virus, in the mighty, all-powerful name of Jesus Christ, the living Son of God. And we curse you in his name through his authority. And we command you to die command you to be God. We command you to die. Leave this city. Leave this nation. This is the city that you called us to live in. Therefore, we have authority in this city. We bear your name as your sons and daughters in this city. And we say, stop! the name of Jesus your days are shortened and over now Father we do lift up every working individual in the NHS we are all of the nurses all of the doctors who are tirelessly working and all the support staff the people that are cooks and cleaners who are I mean diligently cleaning and cleaning and cleaning everything to do their best Father we speak strength to them we speak anointing and blessing upon their lives we pray great reward upon them even Father for their labor of love to save the lives of people to help people Father we pray for all of those companies that are doing their best to bring out more and more of this medical equipment that's necessary We pray for it, Father, because we're part of the solution. And because you said that you would answer us when we ask anything according to your will. Because we would know that you hear us. So I give you praise, Father, because we are the household of faith. We are the household of faith. We believe God. Therefore, we will speak the truth of what God has said. Truth will always reign supreme. So Father, we pray over every member of this church and that we have authority over this church. I speak divine health. I said divine, holy health and strength and vigor and peace upon every mind of every member of this church. Every child, every teenager, and their parents, their grandparents. And as we said years ago, we call this place a sickness-free zone. In the name of Jesus. And again, Father, we quote your word, the sword, Galatians 3.13. Christ is our declaration. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of sickness and disease. 
Thank you, Jesus. We are redeemed. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And we are covered by the blood. We are covered by the blood of Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Again, I say we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. No sickness and disease touches us and lives. I said no sickness or disease touches us and lives. We thank you, Holy One, for your anointings. I speak life, life, life over every one of our members. I speak grace, grace, grace to their income, to any who are going to have the possibilities of lack because of what's going on. I said I speak provision. Nothing lost, nothing stolen. You are Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who sees. And you are the Lord God of abundance. And because we are your sons and your daughters, there shall be no lack in our homes. You have not lost your recipe for manna, as they used to say years ago. Need be, you still can command birds to bring food to us. If you need to do it, you will still do it. So I will not try to reason. I will not be stuck and bound by my reason. Because you, my Father, are a supernatural God. You're not bound to earthly science. You're not bound how the world says it has to happen. So I say again, Father, we trust in your unfading love. Say that with me. We trust in your unfailing love. Say it again. We trust in your unfailing love. We trust in your unfailing love. We will never be forsaken. We will never be forsaken. So that we might boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear. And so, Father, I thank you that my people put on the whole armor of God. And they will successfully be able to stand against any strategy of the wicked one. They will not be deceived. They will not be seduced into any form of delusion. In Jesus' name. We believe you've really enjoyed this message. For further information, visit www.commonwealthchurch.org and feel free to join us on any Sunday 